0: Welcome back to the VHS Club. We are ready to dive into movies from the '90s that you have probably already seen. <laughs> and this week, we are joined by special guest host Doc Rock. Natalie is Me? out, out on, uh, out on dinner party night tonight, and is quite distraught about it. So, so she will, she will have to pretend to be Doc Rock tonight, or Doc Rock will have to pretend to be her tonight. Thanks for hanging out, Doc. That's
1: okay. You can do it good good it's exciting it's exciting <laughs> it's it's super funny because um you know we decided to do this movie we because i don't know i made a stupid suggestion but i just always thought this movie was it was a good movie to watch when you have one of those days where your brain is just mad and you don't want to do nothing else <laughs> so i just want to turn it off so, like, this movie and scary movie oh, and, yeah. you know, like, a good airplane or something just so stupid oh, yeah. that it's good. Yep. Yeah, this fits that description.
0: No, this is perfect. So, Doc was in the comments <laughs> an episode or two episodes ago. We were asking for movie recommendations, and you were like, can't hardly wait. And I was like, yes, that's the one. And you have to come on and hang out with us for it. So, yeah, this is an absolutely perfect choice and before we jump too far into it i need to answer a question from our live chat we have tommy hanging out with us if you want to hang out live with us we record live on youtube on thursday nights at 9 p.m eastern you can always hang out here with us or you can listen you can listen wherever you get your favorite podcast we do that (laughs) we roll out but because tommy's here hanging with us he gets to ask a crazy question in what is a christian tater (laughs) and i will i will answer this question without nat here because it's way funnier without her here actually to talk this through i so one of natalie's all-time favorite movies is pump up the volume and one of our yes hard fangirl crushes is christian slater so we haven't got there yet because we just we need to build we need to build to it but uh but as a joke one year for christmas um i ordered nat you can ship a potato with a picture printed on it. So I sent her, I sent her a, um, I think it was a lamp, a lamp that was the VHS copy of pump up the volume, which she should definitely put in the background of some of these shots. And then, uh, and then Christian Tater in a box. So I think originally I had a different name for him. That was like a play on the word play on potato, but she was like, it's Christian Tater. And we were like, yes. This needs this needs to be our movie rating system. So, every movie that we talk about here on the VHS Club, we are rating a cor- what one through 5 Christian Taters including today. So, you will find out at the end of this episode how many Christian Taters I have decided this movie is. <laughs> but oh without further God. ado, we can we can jump in. So, if you missed it, this week we are talking about Can't Hardly Wait, which we're still in the 90s i thought it would be difficult to stay in the 90s i was like okay maybe we have to do also late 80s early 2000s but everyone has been making such good suggestions that we're going to be on week a thousand before we get outside of the 90s there's so so many good movies this one is 1998 so it's like prime for me this is like right high school i i was living this movie (laughs) everything about it
1: you know when this when this movie came out, basically uh 88 I'm sorry, 98 99. 99 yeah. Um my my best friend from school, he was the manager of the 16 Plex. So, I'd literally went to the movies every Thursday, Sunday for like 52 weeks in a row. <laughs> like did it missing. Thursday nights was because the film came in and you yep. got to test it before the premiere on friday you just want to make sure there's no pops or no breaks or nothing got damaged in shipping you know now they're all digitally played in but before you have to bring them in and so he's like hey i gotta screen this at midnight thursday so we would just go down and we have the whole theater to ourselves it was just me and a couple friends like anybody that we would invite and then a couple of the other workers yeah and so i got to see so many in this like two year span i think i saw just about everything that hit the theater pretty much
0: Doc's gonna be out every week <laughs> well, we should like go live over to Doc for his for his feedback on each one of these
1: movies. yeah I can go stand in front of the uh consolidated theaters and like be holding a box of popcorn and just like hey guys <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at the movies <laughs> yo oh gosh yeah so I loved
0: cool. I love that era of just I feel like we don't I don't do it as much anymore I don't even can you remember the last time I went to the movie theater but there was something so epic about going and nat and i used to go and like back to back like we would buy we would just buy like or like what what is the first one that's playing great we'll be there what's after that also yes we'll be there yeah it
1: was uh, well you know when you're in high school it it got harder but when when multiplexes first came out was when i was in high school and so it was relatively easy to go to like the first matinee at 11 and then just walk to all the other theaters while the credits are on, sneak into the next one. Oh yeah! They got much better with adjusting the times, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, so that it was harder to do that. But oh, we would go stay all day long oh, at the yeah. theater. Oh, so gosh. crazy!
0: All right, well let's let us jump in. I was saying before before we officially started recording that this is one that doesn't have like a really intense plot quote, unquote, quote, this one the whole story of this movie is that Ethan Embry who if you've been following along we're now on third episode third Ethan Embry movie so we're on we're on a theme we have a solid theme going here but Ethan Embry who we adore is the is the main character in this movie and he is the most likable person like as this movie continues on you just realize that he sort of transcends all of the stereotypical cliques at this high school there's like every possible click right there's like the nerds the the cheerleaders the you know sports jocks the you know the the stoners the, like literally every conceivable click and yet as the night goes on at this epic end of high school house party that we all remember fondly everyone seems to know him and everyone seems to talk positively about him and that's kind of impressive like if you really think about it for someone to just be that well liked by literally everyone in the school
1: yeah it's kind of it's kind of funny and well the writing of this is also what makes it sort of the duality of it right because if you really think about school there's always one kid in school that everybody knows or knows of yeah and he's the everybody knows of because he's like the valedictorian but doesn't really know because he doesn't have a huge posse of friends. Yeah. Whereas
0: He's the floater. <laughs> he like floats Right, he's the floater. The yeah.
1: Whereas Amanda is the yeah. person that everybody knows because she's the it girl.
0: Yeah. And yet you, you see what I mean? And yet there are two sides of the same coin because no one really yes. knows her and no one Correct. Really knows him. Like they all they are just known through rumor and gossip, which is entirely how the movie starts. So, you know, it starts with (laughs) all these people talking about this epic party that's going on. Not a single one of them has any idea who's actually throwing the party or hosting the party, but everyone is going to go. And everyone is talking about the fact that Amanda, the it girl, has just been dumped. So it's, there's, you know, all of the gossip and all of the rumors, and it just immediately takes you back to high school. And no matter what high school you went to, wherever you went to high school, you lived through some aspect of you feel that
1: (laughs) you absolutely feel that And, and, and it is so funny um I think that was the to me that was one of the best parts of it is also when you see him going through the party looking for her yeah it's almost the way you go through school trying to find your identity
0: oh interesting yeah yeah you know what
1: I'm saying so in the same way he's looking for this girl that's his girl that he wants to be with, yeah. these are all the individual cliques he could have been a part of, but yeah. he's not a part of any of them. Yeah. And it's not to show that he's an outsider. That's also the general conflict you have it, that he's trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. and, yeah, and he he's doesn't know dabbled
0: it. in all of these different personalities and, and correct the fact that he's not with her anyway is entirely because he just never really got up the courage to talk to her, right? He's, he's, he's like, was just a little bit late and she ended up with the popular asshole of a guy. And and he's written this, you know, heartfelt letter and it was totally, so I'm a diehard John Cusack fan, actor John Cusack, like in the movies, not actual person John Cusack, who seems a little intense. But but, <laughs> the, uh, but the notion of just like sitting there and writing this like epic Love letter to someone and rewriting it and rewriting it and like having his friends, you know, read it for him and like and every song that he hears is like a reminder of like a sign that he should be talking to her. Like I, the more that I watched it, Dane and I were playing this game of like, you know, what care like what character do you resonate most with? Like who were you in high school? And I was just like. I was totally Ethan Embry who lived in this like fantasy land and never like was like friendly with everyone, but never really like a deep friend with anyone there. And always was like a little bit, not quite confident enough to just fully say what I thought or even know what I really thought or felt. So well, I that's definitely funny you say that.
1: There. It's funny you say that. Cause I resonate with Ethan Embry in this movie for the simple reason that I too was a floater, but just like now I got along with everybody. Yeah so although i was an athlete i fully kicked it with the stoners uh i fully kicked it with the uberners the science club the math guys because i was that too so in a way it was very similar and i I think i completely imagined him but like i could have been bill or william they call them in you know a couple different times in the movie you know i could have been mike (laughs) You know, I could have been any one of them because that was totally me, and it was even in the band in high school. So, oh, you, you know, as never in the band, so I can't, I can't take that as, as, the, as the DJ. Like, I worked at a restaurant, so you know, I was keg supply. You know, um, whenever we were going to do one of these parties, we had a thing you buy the red cup for five bucks and you show up at the party, right? Yeah. and then to get the kegs. Any of us that worked at restaurants, we would put it in the back like you're taking out the trash and put yeah. a full keg out in the back. <laughs> and somebody with a pickup would come by and go to all the myriad restaurants and the shifts that we worked on the Wednesday and Thursday before the party and collect them. And then we would just return the empty kegs back on Sunday when the restaurant would close. <laughs> so that's how <laughs> we got beer. We never, it was it was super funny. And, you know, somebody, you know, my friend Donnie had a tap. And everybody knew Donnie would show up and that was a thing. So it's, it's kind of funny that you say, you know, you identify with him from the fact that he was, I was kind of sort of Amanda, but not like, at least I was really connected to almost everybody. Yeah. Super funny.
0: Yeah. I, but there were like all these moments throughout the movie where I kept, I kept sort of like kind of changing my mind. It was like, was like okay, now I think I'm really Ethan Embry, but then his, his best, his like girl, best friend that he like somewhat dated and it never really worked out. And then I was like, kind of her like and i feel like i love the 90s i feel like this doesn't exist anymore in the like rom-coms of today or maybe there's just not as many teen rom-coms as there used to be but um but the idea of there was always like the girl best friend or that you know the girl next door the guy next door and this idea of like you know will they won't they have they should they (laughs) are they just friends what it totally took me back to some of the like pretty in pink some kind of wonderful vibe yes. where it like and in this movie they're not like they they don't they don't appear to have any kind of love interest with each other she's incredibly supportive of him going after Amanda they seem like they had dated at some point and it just didn't work out but it, it is kind of nice as someone that grew up with a lot of guy best friends or guy friends many of whom I'm still good friends with it was nice to kind of see that dynamic and I feel like I've missed that in a lot of movies these days where it was always yes. kind of, it was like that yeah that kind of like Close friend dynamic that I feel
1: like they don't. I, really I feel support. like nowadays what they do is either it's it's two cheat codes and they just put them together. Yeah. Or they always connect the guy or the girl with a guy or a girl who's not into guys or girls.
2: Yeah. Right. That's it's true. like
1: they they do the the GBFF some way shape or form yeah and it's dope because they're adding the inclusivity of it True. but i'm like yeah it's not as common as you would think you know what i mean yeah. um yeah it's it, you're right because i have a metric ton of my female friends that are like my little sisters mm-hmm. and we're super tight to this very day um from from everything from high school all the way to now and you know one of my best friends in school all the time was cj and everybody's swarping down at what colleague that, you know, at some point in time that she and I dated or would date or whatever. But we were just the best of friends. We lived on the same block. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, her dad just liked me being around because she was smaller and just knew nothing would happen to her if I was around. Right. So he treated me better than... He treated it in here for boyfriends yeah. and you know that always kind of piss her off like oh my dad just really <laughs> loves you and it's because he knows i won't let nothing happen to you you know he knows that i will smash someone because she was you know pretty much like my little sister and then we did everything together and you're right you just don't see that in movies nowadays
0: yeah yeah you really don't and and like the i mean the other movies that we've covered this is also I feel like at least the first few that we've gotten into and as we watch more and kind of remind myself but every single cast has been incredible every single soundtrack has been incredible i feel like this two seconds into the movie i'm like downloading that soundtrack out of my phone forgot how much oh i love those God. songs this yes one smashing epic. pumpkins is yeah.
1: all over this <laughs> all yes. of the,
0: like blink uh i'm trying to think what else um Yeah, every song that came up, I was just like, "Love this song, love this song, (laughs) love." And the music again just takes you back in the same way that Empire Records does. Like, it just really brings you kind of back to that time period. I mean, in the same way, certainly as the, um, you know, where whereas the kind of the story is really universal, I feel like the. Clothing and the music and just the, the vibe and the things that they say are certainly very 90s and very, <laughs> and yes, in that era. so yes, it was, it made it really fun
1: for that. I um, think one of the best, the best parts is when we first get introduced, <laughs> when we first get introduced to Kenny. <laughs> one, he's so great, that,
0: he's so great. That at great that time, that hasn't seen this, yeah.
1: right? At that time, he's actually the biggest actor in the whole thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Hands down, yeah.
1: Right? Because of, because of, um, actually, I think him and Donald Faison are the two biggest actors at this time. Because of Clueless, actually, dang, it's three of them. So him, Breckin Meyer, Donald Faison, they're the biggest because of Clueless and because of, uh, what is it? Married with Children.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. And at that time, Seth was just starting Robot Chicken. So, and Breckin is also Robot Chicken. So interesting? they're, they're, the theater they're massive, yeah. right? They're completely massive. So he comes out, and he's playing like Busta Rhymes. <laughs> and that was just... I, I mean, to this day, I remember how I cracked up when that first came on. And then it was more funny seeing it again. because
0: yeah, it was much more fun watching it again. Because you just know Dude. how... like. You feel like you know him because he's just been in so many things and he's just such a an icon and he plays it so well. Like it, you watch him and like there's this moment of just being like, oh, my God, you're terrible. But also he's so likable. Like there's like so there, you loved. just you can't help but like him. And his whole character is just like this is pre-American pie, but his whole character is basically just the plot of it. Like he's just, all he's trying to do is have sex with as many women as possible, or at least that's what he (sighs) thinks he wants to do. Right. Yes, exactly. And he's so like ridiculous about it. And so clearly not even kind of popular, but he, he's just, like so likable throughout the movie you're like you're like i don't know his lines
1: are so good the the funniest and i think the other reason why i remember us having a raucous laugh because we would go to movies at that time like 10 15 people deep and my at that time former roommate but still super close friend and still super close friends to this day my buddy james is blonde hair blue eyes six foot tall But he's from Sacramento, California, grew up in the actual hood, right? So James is the blackest white dude I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Like before Eminem ever was invented, we had James right uh, yeah. and to this day James is still very much like that and so I remember all of us just cracking jokes on James after the movie that there's a finally a movie with like a James in it he can, and he can
0: relate deeply w- to this character what's
1: yeah. what's kind of hilarious is but see Kenny was more you know like trying super hard Kenny like he was Suburbs clearly came.
0: able to turn it off and on <laughs> that's
1: right for sure. yeah. but but James was legit it so it was just funny though and I just I, that part just just brought back a lot of memories and how much you know we used to always tease James. I mean to this day, his nickname is White Chocolate. <laughs> like this is what we call him because oh, he was always gosh. that guy. And yet that part, I mean, God, Kenny, and when they're in the in the uh the convenience store, just <laughs> dying, just absolutely dying, and super his, funny. His uh
0: his like Love making kit.
1: <laughs> oh unquote.
0: my God. It's absolutely hilarious. Like the like red- hot pink scented candle and the like, the just, yo, like, that's a candle, bro. It's, like, it's, like, Get like, off of it. <laughs> the, and he's got it in like a backpack. It, it just, everything about it is just so ridiculous, but so wonderfully relatable for high school and how like horribly awkward it is and how you just don't know, but you just so desperately want to be cool. And, like, and everyone just failing at it. I mean, even, even the jock, even the most absolutely, like, quintessential sports, like, sports star, most popular guy in school, like, his inadequacies come out throughout this movie. I mean, even the idea right. of, like... He breaks up with Amanda, who's, like, the hottest girl ever, just so that he can have sex with as many women as possible in college, right? That's his whole plan. But he can't even do it alone. He's trying to talk his two, like, (laughs) guy friends into also breaking up with their girlfriends so that they can, like, be this pack of single guys. But if, like, that's what he really wanted to do, he wouldn't need the other guys to, like... He just doesn't... He can't even follow through with the plan by himself. He's so, like, horrifically offended and angry about the fact that his like two bros can't also do the same thing that he did and that they are, you know, that they're having a fun time and dancing and making out with their girlfriends is like unacceptable to those character throughout the movie.
1: So here's the funny thing about that part, right? Being a being a DJ, one of the things that we always had the benefit, it depends on how your club is laid out, but our booth is in the air. Okay, so club owners do a couple things. They put you all the way in the air. So you're at the ceiling which is irritating because you always got to walk up a bunch of steps or a ladder to get up there or they put you on the ground to save money. The best Mm -hmm. clubs you're just enough above that you can see everybody, but low enough that if someone comes to decide to request a song, you can lean over and hear what they got to say. Like it doesn't require you to step down. So we're talking on average, you know, like three pallets stacked high not much higher than that because i'm trying to give you guys a visual of like two to three pallets stacked on top of each other that's about how high we want the booth right yeah. and it's funny because my friends like we would sit up there and sometimes we walk in and they will be like look across the room and be like oh india single how do you know oh because she's trying to distract all the rest of her friends away from the boyfriend
2: <laughs> yeah
1: and then sure as grits is grocery, you know like we would find out later like oh yeah you know her and so and so broke up and they're like, how do you know that? That's because like, yo, we can see everything. So we and, and it's funny because you can't hear anything because it's loud. Yeah. So you have to put these pictures together through observation. And you could always tell the guys that would come in in packs or the girls that would come in in packs, Yeah. And whoever was hiding at the back, trying not to be seen, that person was still connected. But they told everybody that they weren't. Yeah. So I can fully relate to that because I watched it for years. <laughs> I literally watched it happen. All the people get clinked up together and broke up together. So super uh, funny.
0: Well, I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that he just like had made this decision. this like clearly bad decision because hello, Jennifer Love Hewitt. But sure. <laughs> okay. Feel free to break up with her. <laughs> and then, but then he just cannot handle the fact that his friends are like having a fun time and hanging out. And everyone's having a great time at this party. It was just. I, just absolutely ridiculous to
1: me when they first see him trying to like get his friend's attention and none of them have any attention yeah they're to just him.
0: like yeah they're not giving oh any.
1: my god, god that was so good that was kind of one of the better parts of the whole thing
0: <laughs> i'm like i'm like looking through my notes and my my next note after talking about about mike and amanda's breakup in the end the ridiculousness that is Mike says Sabrina the teenage witch is in this
1: <laughs> Oh my god so her character is hilarious and her opposing character which is the guy version of her yeah is funny cuz i i can fully remember the people in my school that were those people yeah <laughs> yeah oh every god.
0: character is a, like a complete cliche and a stereotype of of like that that group or that that person that existed at all of these high schools and yet they they just are also so likable <laughs> it just works really well and she's definitely a great one i mean she literally carries her yearbook with her throughout the entire movie and she's a pivotal character because it is because of her that amanda ends up finding ethan embry's character at the end because it, it Spoiler alert for this movie. The whole movie is moving through this party and meeting all of these various cliques and all of these different characters. And, you know, and Ethan Embry f- trying desperately to find and admit his love for Amanda <laughs> and just, just never quite working out. that. But, you know, it's because of this yearbook and because of the ridiculousness that... That is who I will always call Sabrina the Teenage Witch, <laughs> that, it, that it works out in the end. I just was, yeah, she's fantastic.
1: So so here's what's, what's crazy to me about this. If you go, for, again, starting with her, because she's kind of the first, okay, there's two. There's two people in here. It's hard to even wrap your head around this. There's two people (laughs) in here. Yeah, I
0: thought you were frozen. You're like, wait a sec. No, no.
1: They're they're hyper important to the story, but yet not. And the reason why, to me, it's so epic, and the writers would never have known any of this at the time. It just happened to work out. So, therefore, it makes it be like a full microcosm of high school, right? The popular kids remain popular until they're not. Mm-hmm. A lot of the unsung heroes or the nobodies are the people who you just don't barely can remember their name. Yeah. One day you're reading the newspaper, and you know, your friend Paul from school is now like big time, you know, working at some famous company, you know, like doing big things, right? So, when you look at somebody like Melissa Joan Hart, yeah. or even better, you go back to um, uh, Chris Owen chris owen is klepto kid he's chris so owen has <laughs> yo he's, you know what i'm saying dope. like he's super stealth you're not really paying attention to him but when you see him he's freaking hilarious but i mean he went on to all kind of stuff right oh, yeah. criminal minds of oh, yeah. god yeah. Uh, american pie major pain october yeah. sky he's like in everything he's,
0: and his he's role, in everything his role in this movie is like if i if i would ever want to be in a movie? Like I would want that role. Like he's just oh, like the he no. I I think maybe one line, like or very like, almost no lines at all. And he's just sort of always in the background. And he's just. Ta- I I feel like they probably didn't even give him any kind of guidance, so just like steal some nope. shit for the background. They just told him do thing.
1: Hey, when he grabbed the gumball machine <laughs> yeah. from yeah. the freaking restaurant, oh, I'm just God. like, bruh, <laughs> super funny. Like just walk in and pick up an entire gumball machine, yeah. but. Is- Again, again, I like the writers would never have known any of this. Oh,
0: yeah, no, it was. I'm sure it was just a gimmick, right? It was something fun, right? That would connect the movie. All of the
1: kids who were the nobody kids in school in this movie all went on to be bigger than any of the main characters.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Mind blown. Like, mind mind blown.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm laughing at the at the foreign exchange student who is, <laughs> who is in this
1: Oh movie. my god so He's hilarious. another like
0: just comic brilliance of it and I I will say we never in my high school we never had a foreign exchange student so I'm very sad that we didn't get this experience but but in typical like ridiculousness they are teaching the foreign exchange student how to say preposterous things in English that he of course has no idea what he is saying <laughs> including including <laughs> would you like to touch my penis Would you like to touch my fantastic. penis Oh like, my god and that line, okay, so that line and then the first line of the movie, or one of the first lines of the movie, where he where Ethan Embry says, Out of all the classrooms in the entire school, she walks into mine. I knew innately by heart seconds before it played, even though I think I've only actually seen this movie maybe twice or three times, like it was like it just like clicked back in at that first line and then at the line of Would you like to touch my penis? And I was like, I'm here, I'm here for this movie. I remember Bruh. this epically yeah.
1: so, Okay, so that, that part is funny I, I love the soliloquy In the beginning though yes. it, it is It is Sorkin-esque writing Yeah. Like, it's so good That you're like, damn that's good But it's also so far off That you know, no one really speaks that way
0: Yeah, no you one know, You
1: know what I mean? That's it, why it's, yeah. it's so good
0: Yeah, I, I agree And it. I love the and again, this is, like, so incredibly 90s. I feel like they don't they do not do this, or at least often anymore. But it was these, like, you meet these characters at the beginning of the movie, uh, at least the main characters. And after meeting them, they have, like, their yearbook snapshot and, like, their, you know, their facts about them. So it's all of their, you know, most okay, likely I to be those. and, like, you know, their quote. And which was just representative of the character. And I love the youthfulness and playfulness of that and I love just like the storytelling of that I think it's just a really fun way to do that and then likewise at the end of this movie they have the kind of like where are they now follow-ups which are preposterous and ridiculous you know like the nerd kid you know becomes basically like the equivalent of Bill Gates and Bill Gates right (laughs) and, and and the jock guy who you know threw it all away and broke up with the hottest girl in school you know he's like overweight and unemployed and like a total you know washout it's just, uh, I think it's just really fun. And again, very kind of teenage storytelling at its best. But yeah, I agree. It's it's over Super the top good. and yet really works.
1: Well, because it kind of sort of happens too, right? Like yeah. I, I remember when I had to go home to my mom's funeral, we were about to have our 25th. And I remember some of the most popular kids in our school are just basically still at home, still doing the same thing, basic jobs, not really you know came out of it and makes you wonder like where did it all go to yeah. right so it does happen and i think that's what makes it relatable yeah. um and one of the things that uh, another incredible like i love directors who do this another incredible easter egg and i don't think they're credited but the make out couple and every scene they're somewhere in the you know it's kind of like back in the day On Playboy covers there's a bunny somewhere hidden. You just don't know where it is, but there's a bunny curled up in there. The the freaking (laughs) makeout couple is everywhere and everywhere and everywhere. And every time I would just crack up laughing because I love directors that do stuff like that.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It it the the amount of nuance that's that I mean we probably could watch this movie three or four times over and pull if we were paying attention to you know to all of the background everything that's going on at the party I'm sure that we would pick up on you know and just catch
1: on stuff right um you know what else was funny was uh when she's having Amanda's having her sort of you know come to Jesus moment and she's sitting there and she's talking to Ron her cousin and he keeps like you know trying, trying to get he's in clearly position hitting on her and
0: she's just like right not registered. and not she's
1: not all. catching none of this <laughs> or whatever again to me that's funny because that's something so in my last spot i worked in i'm literally situated right next to the front bar and the front bar is more quiet because well it's next to the dj booth all the speakers are going that way yeah so it's where people who try to hook up would go sit by. And I would just laugh sometimes when you see like dudes like justing in a jockey position trying to get into somebody's sight line. And I'm just watching him do that and I'm just cracking up. But that's also one of those random places where, you know, you could be playing. Hawaii's a travel destination, right? Yeah. And so a lot of times when celebrities would come in on, e- on either side where the bar is over here, that, that's because it's kind of a little hidden nook. That's where they would post up. It's next to the bar. No one's really looking at them. And you have you walk past the wall to go down to the floor. If, unless you look over there, you don't even see the people standing there. And on the opposite side is one of the better VIP booths where we do bottle service. Yeah. And I remember walking out of the booth one night at four in the morning, like completely trashed, ready to go home, like playing the last couple of songs, sticking on autopilot, walk up to the bar to, you know, grab a soda water to kind of sober up. And freaking Vilmer Velderama oh, is yeah. like, oh, hey, how's it? I'm like, what? What the hell are you doing here? So I actually have a picture in my phone of like Vilmer just hanging out in the corner. And for some reason, I don't know why I related Eric, that is cousin Ron, to yeah. Vilmer, because completely different. Eric's N C I S. He's N C I S.
0: There's a creepiness level to it. Natalie and I've talked about yes. this a lot when the, and apologies to to Wilbur and maybe he's really nice in real life. So we're, he really, is. Way, he is we're really way nice too into this, weird. but he's so like on the line of super creepy in that show throughout that show. And, and so like, I think that's what it is where it's like, especially rewatching it now as an adult it, in this movie scene, you, the second that the cousin appears and is talking to her, you're like, get out of the room, Amanda, <laughs> things are bad. Like he's just clearly right. creepy in his like, weird level of kindness and like attentiveness to her so yeah it totally made the second i saw that made me think of that character of fez and i just like Correct. I've
1: always, just Correct. Never there's a level of ugyness yeah right there's a yeah. ugyness that goes with it now that being said it wasn't the first scene but it was one of the scenes that just took me back to how problematic this is now
0: Yes, I was. I was gonna say. So I, Ugh. spoiler alert to everyone. I gave this a lower rating than I. I, I went back and forth a couple of times on the final rating for this. I won't give you my final yet, but because and I know we're gonna bump up into this number of these movies just because of the oh, era automatic. But it took me back. So so part of the storyline of this movie is that the Mike's character, who's the the jock that is broken up with Amanda. He has also been a total asshole to all of the nerds. And the nerds have this like uprising moment, which is wonderful. Like I love Revenge of the Nerds style nerd uprising where they've planned this like epic, they're gonna go to this party. The lead nerd is like calculated how much beer he need you know, he can drink without being drunk, which he's totally off on like, and he's, his character is fantastic. Like oh, he is 100%. so well done but the whole the whole goal of their revenge plot is to is to basically drug Mike, drag him outside, take all of his clothes off, and make it look like he's having this homosexual affair outside in the on the lawn and it's it's got such it's dripping with such con, con-, uh, con- just oh, I'm trying to get the right word. it's just it's so negative like how it's portrayed and condescending so condescending, yeah, and just yeah, just a horrible kind of portrayal, and it's such a bummer, and it just took me, it just flooded back the memories of, like, things that were just so normal at that point, quote-unquote normal at that point, things that we would say that I would not dream of saying now, things that would just be horribly offensive to close friends and family members that I have now. It was just, yeah, it was a rude awakening in that moment where I was like, oh, right, this is in this movie, and I'm sure it's in a bunch of them, but it was, uh, it was
1: super hard to watch. <laughs> so, it was so that, right, right. Even, yeah. and, and again, like even for the jocks, because again, I know for a fact it was something that we said all the time. Oh yeah. Like when, like when when they're like you know calling Mike names or whatever. Yeah. Like I was like, oh man, it's super problematic. You know, yeah. that's there. Um, there's like the cousin Ron thing is. Almost a little like date it's rapey. Little,
0: yeah, it's date rapey. Um, there's, right. Yeah, there are definitely. It's not. It's not as overt as it could be, certainly. But there, but there are definitely moments throughout this movie that are, yeah, that are just.
1: Well, okay. Now a this. Way. This could have been completely random, but the thought just ran through my head. In this movie, at this party, there's no less than fifty people. Yeah. And so as Kenny is going around and trying to hit on all these different girls, you know, to find, you know, the girl that he's going to have sex with. Yeah. Why is it that the girl they decided to pick is Nicole's, uh Builderback, right? Mm-hmm. She's the only like Hopper girl. Oh, sorry. You guys don't know Hopper. Hapa. is like half Asian, <laughs> right? She's the only Asian girl in the thing. Yep. And like, even then, like that, you know, that plays off on this, like, Asian erotica type thing. And I was yeah. like, there was all these people that could have been it. Yeah. Why did they pick her?
0: I know. In right? a movie that is filled with stereotypes, there, it definitely had this, all of the kind of negative side of those stereotypes came came definitely screaming out. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it, I yeah. And so much of it is the time. I mean, not that that's a defense, but I, you know, I, I like to think that we're, in a different era now or at least i hope that we are but it was it was hard to watch i was like oh man this that part of it is just awful
1: so yeah i just thought that was just it was just weird and it's like you yeah. know you guys so much you could have done yeah to make that better yeah and they just it just seemed like a cheap and easy shot and honestly at today the, to the a lot of movies in this genre Will do super easy cheap shots yeah. because they don't That's trust true. the audience to think it through.
2: Yeah.
1: This is my love hate relationship with Lauren Otter. I'm like, bro, you did not have to give us that extra clue. We were already there. <laughs> but the fact that you just blatantly told us kind of irks me because now it gets rid of the just in case.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I uh, I try not to put live comments for our listeners uh, uh, later at home, but Tommy has a really great one that w- he says that we are yep. we are 100 viewing this 90s film through a 2023 lens. But I just didn't want to I didn't want to ignore that side of it. And part of the journey for this podcast is us in many ways rewatching movies that defined who we are as people and really like built up kind of our personalities and you know we we spent so much time living with these characters and in these stories that I I think they're I think we are going to continue to kind of see some of the the negative side of that through our 2023 lens and I just want to I want to point that out that I, I do
1: think is Well, that that's also a good thing, though, right? Yeah. Okay, so when I'm a kid, right, and part of the reason why I love movies today was I used to watch a lot of movies with my grandpa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I used to watch uh, a lot of, like, you know, uh, black and white films from, like, the 20s, 40s, and that. 50s yeah. where my grandpa, and you know, I had the same thing. You know, people like me in the movies in the 20s, 40s, and 50s, we had one role and one role only, and it was always crap so Mm -hmm. like watching it with my grandfather was a way of him teaching me that it's better for you now yeah right yeah so in a way yes we are judging it with the current thing but it also gives you a positive understanding of where we come from and how far we've come as a people right and it also reminds me to defend and protect certain things more now yeah. Because I was guaranteed part of the problem back in the day. Oh,
0: same. Yeah, one hundred
1: percent. I can tell you right now, like a whole bunch of my favorite words would get you thrown out of jail back, you know, yeah. now and then. So yeah. it's a, it's a, in a way it is good to look at some of the older movies from the positive lens because it shows you your own self growth.
0: Yeah, you know and what I, I mean. I think it's good to have. Yeah, I I'm sort of in some ways happy to have that kind of sinking feeling as these as I like. Seconds before these scenes played, where I was just like, "Oh, I remember what's gonna happen here," and it just made me feel like, "Oh, like I just just like that so much now." That yeah, I think it was a good, it's a good uncomfortable feeling to have and a good kind of place to force you back into. So yeah, I agree. I would agree with all of that. It's it's it
1: is it is a a, just a whole different culture shift. Yeah, Tommy said it. Now I I wanted to just take an opportunity to speak on the amount of amazing cameos. I mean, we actually talked yeah. about it, but let's yeah. name some of these folks. Oh my like, gosh, yeah. okay, Melissa Joan Hart was massive, right? That alone was massive. Uh, okay. Klepto Kid isn't, I mean, he's in a lot of stuff, but most people wouldn't, if you say Chris Owens, they don't know who you're talking about. They're yeah. gonna confuse you with a bunch of the other stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so the Soma Blair,
0: Summer Blair,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, Yo, I w- I forgot because at that time I watched it, she wasn't Summer Blair. Yeah, well,
0: she exactly. was, but
1: I mean, yeah. she wasn't the Summer Blair that we know from Cruel Intentions. Yeah, right. Oh yeah.
0: The throughout this movie, every single time there was a cameo, I feel like we. I was watching with Dane, and both of us like pulled up our phones, and we were like. Like looking what other movies you know these actors were in, and then we were immediately like adding those other movies to our list. We're like, oh, we need to rewatch *Cruel Intentions*, or oh, we need to rewatch. It was just this like endless game of like, who are these? You know, who are these various actors? Where are they? Where are they now? Jason Segel's in this, you know. So that was like another. Um, Dude, he's he's
1: banging right now. He's yeah. in a new Apple thing that just started like last Friday. Awesome. You know, super kind of crazy actually ethan emory's in uh, a netflix joint um great, grace and frankie gracie yeah. and frankie something uh, like that grace and frankie yeah that's a good one yeah so he's in a relatively new one uh the last thing i remember him from because i love giovanni rabisi was sneaky pete oh, yeah, like yo that. rabisi that's my g i don't know every <laughs> movie's everything everything he's in i him and ed norton oh he's in this do you want to oh, see this yes ed <laughs> like, a- yes automatic yes. those are automatic um, uh, Nat and, pointed
0: out in her fun facts that a ton of the cast members from this movie are also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer which again like super correct. iconic iconic from this time period So what is
1: the timing of that though? And, uh, I don't remember Buffy's year because Buffy, the TV show the messes 90s. me up 92, Yeah. Yep. okay so yeah so they, they basically you're watching like the more slightly grown up version of them
0: Yeah, so they they were definitely, like... This was, like, probably, for some of them, their, like, movie break coming from the world of TV. Because for those of you who don't know or don't remember or weren't alive at this point, it, like, it... This era was a very different place for television than it is now. Like, there was... It was not big name, huge superstars do TV shows. It was like TV shows is where you got started. And sometimes you stayed. And a big, like getting into a movie, even as a bit cast or a cameo appearance would have been huge,
1: so. That's so funny you say that because you forget about that now. Like, <laughs> like Netflix now like, and oh, TV Netflix TV and Amazon, Apple. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, they bring, yo, Buffy the Banfire Slayer has been Affleck. you I forgot about that. Come on now. <laughs> um, Okay, so, uh Jenna Elfman, right? Jenna
0: Elfman, yes. Dharma. Yo,
1: (laughs) when Dharma and Greg was on, yo, I was in love with her and Dharma and Greg. I loved that show so much. My roommate Brenda at the time used to just make fun of me because, like, I had to be home on Sunday seven thirty. Dharma and Greg. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she was, and she's
0: so great in this. She's like, somewhat of the voice of God, like when when Ethan Embry's character is like at his absolute lowest and he's like left the party and he's thrown his letter to Amanda on the ground. And he's like, I'm like, I'm all done. And he's off to college the next day. So it's like, he's lost his chance to talk to her. He's given up. And he, you know, he goes out and drives all around. He's like really upset about everything. And he ends up, he ends up encountering. He's trying to call Barry Manilow through the radio station Bruh. from a payphone, which is glorious, but he gets yes. into Dharma dressed like an angel coming off a stripper gig and she gives him all this advice and in this moment this is actually i thought like sort of a fun flip side to everything we did. all of the kind of anti-lgbtq plus like sentiment in this movie this was almost like a hilarious flip to that where she gives him all of this advice she knowing that he has been trying to call barry manilow assuming that Jerry Manilow is the crush that he is trying to win over, and thinking that that's, like, adorable and amazing. And I, it's just so cute and so wonderful that, like... So good. She just assumes that it is, like, in the most, like, kind of positive, encouraging way. Like, begrudgingly. She's sort of just like, oh, like, I gotta help this kid who's being a pain in the ass, but it was it was wonderful
1: how... What's, what's funny is at 98 I was in radio, like, I was just maybe like four years in and like sort of top of the thing. And the reason why that part had me cracking up so much is that when you call the station, you normally don't get in on the first try. So you got to sit there and go over and over and over and over. And then you finally get in and she hung up on him. So I thought that part was more funny to me because she gets in and he was, not only did he get through, but he was getting a chance to talk to Barry himself.
0: I know. they like about to connect him. Yeah. And there's, and like we were screaming at the TV because there's two phone booths on either side of him. We're like, what about the other phone booths? Like, to let him make his call. It was just,
1: you yeah. know, I think it also brings, there's a certain level of attention to that too, because it brings back memories of going to a phone book and drop it in your quarter and it doesn't work and the quarter doesn't come back or there's yeah. three phone booths you put your cord in all three and none of them work none of them so work. it's like yep. you got to go look for another one okay. right so it it did bring back certain of those things but also at about this time your cell phones were just starting to pop off but you know it was a uh, flip phone and, <laughs> yeah. and expensive uh, and yeah. you know three dollars a minute <laughs> for conversations so uh you know yeah like tommy said the other booths are out of order so yeah super typical and yeah it's that, that part is so good it's just really so good and at this part as a person watching it originally or even now you're kind of frustrated that they keep missing each other
0: yeah it, this whole movie you really and I would say that this is probably one of the other kind of like negatives I have against this movie is that I really wanted there's a bunch of movies that are kind of in this era that are the same like love story, like love story will they, won't they, plot that I think just do it a little bit better. Like I feel like you never really get to know Amanda all that well. You never really fully get to understand like why he's so into her. You never hear his whole letter. Like she she reads it. Like she finds she gets the letter and she reads it. Like, you, I just feel like we miss a little bit of, like, some of the magic that they could have. Like, it's still a, a hour, 40-minute movie. Like, it's still within that same time frame as a lot of these other ones. But I feel like it made me think of movies like uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, for example. Where it's like, oh, you really God, feel like, so good. even though you're kind of like, will they get together? Do they hate each other? Do they like each other? Like, you really feel like you get to know them and their relationship a little bit better. Where this one just is constantly missing ships, which I... I get it. I get why they did it. But I I just like, by the time that they get together at the end, it's exciting. But you're also kind of like, you don't feel like they're as in love as other characters who finally get together at, at the end of the movie. Just because you don't feel like you really know them all that well.
1: I think it's also, at this time, if I remember correctly, okay, so the genre completely blew up 81, 82. Eighty three, eighty four, right and it starts with animal house which is like 79 or something maybe and then you know the first big comeback is fast times at ridgemont oh, high yeah. mm-hmm. and then porkies yep. and uh god there's a whole bunch in that era yeah then that genre just died yeah. right it, it died because the uh
0: you said so really... you had a couple of them come back though, because you had um, Superbad and Ben Wilder, and there was like a couple of them that were still somewhat in that same vein. I guess Superbad was Van more Wilder. like coming to the, trying to get to the party, but it still had a lot to do with like.
1: Well, Superbad is 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 after this. Yeah, right? no, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, it you had this bunch, and then it was like nothing, and then you had a bunch of them that kind of popped up a little bit later.
1: Okay, so I think the, the reason why it all kind of went away, say, at like the 84 time frame, like the the teen, not really, sort of teen angst, like teen sexploitation type yeah. films mm-hmm. went away because at 84, 85 was the height of the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. So any of the ones that came out was all about like being careful. Right. So it lost a certain amount of the recklessness.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I feel like they came back towards the late 90s because we there was progress made. And you know, uh, MTV was at a whole brand new height. The real world was coming out. So like they could go back to exploiting the tensions, that is 16,
2: 17, 18.
1: Yep. Right. So they went back into that. And also, you'll remember, after this, they were like, it's still high school. We got to cut it. So everything that came out after, college. Right? Yeah. So
0: That is a really good point. Like Ben Wilder, that
1: whole clique, sorority girls. Oh, my God. I got the best story on sorority girls. That might be too new for this show. But... (laughs) we're no, we'll at check. the That's movie why theater okay
0: to be into the 2000s <laughs> go ahead.
1: look we're at the movie theater watching sorority girl i want to say that might be what 23 ish i gotta double check um and it just what so happens they get to the this part where they're gonna like do the giant um what do you call it thing slingshot they're like slingshotting uh vibrators or whatever at the oh, sorority yeah. house yeah and it was the funniest part and i just happened to take a huge drink of water and i couldn't hold it and i sprayed the whole room in front of me <laughs> and yo the the lady and the guy i was so apologetic with the lady and the guy was so mad and she didn't want to accept the apology so she wanted him to like turn around and say something to me and then so he turned all the way around and then there's, like, me and three of my friends, and he was just like, oh, yeah, hell no, girl. Uh, I'll see you. He just left. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm not that guy, but I was, like, way bigger than him. So it was just oh. kind of funny that, you know, I was like, this girl's about to write a check this dude can't cash. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'm not even like that. It was completely my fault. I was super apologetic. Like, I wanted to, like, pay for their movie the whole nine yards. But oh. just the fact that that movie, talk about a spit take, it caught me super hard. I literally sprayed the road in front of me.
0: All right, all right, I'm going to shoot into, as we're nearing the top of the hour, uh, I forced Nat to do fun facts, even though she's not here. So here, here are Nat's fun facts for this for this movie. So Ethan Embry fought to get the leading role of this movie, the guy that gets the girl, but he was stoned the entire time of filming. So he doesn't at all remember shooting this movie, <laughs> which I think what? is incredible. Yep. That's
1: hilarious.
0: <laughs> uh, Melissa Joan Hart, who we've talked about as Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, she actually chose a smaller role because she was she was just so tied up filming Sabrina the Teenage Witch that uh, that she just didn't think she could take on more than what she did. And then in brackets it says she was supposed to be the lead, or maybe she leaked that fact herself. So maybe she's maybe she's making it a bigger deal than she than it actually was, which would be hilarious. Um, the whole cast has said that they would love to do a sequel to this, but Peter, who plays Mike's character, Said that he thinks his character would be too much of a loser to, <laughs> to want to do a sequel, which is and, hilarious. And
1: it pigeonholed him. Peter Fasilio, or the heck you say his name, Francis. Yeah, I, I didn't even try. He never sense. recovered from this role. No. Like, I think this role, typecasted him so hard, he's definitely one of the ones that never bounced back out of this.
0: Uh, although he is in Twilight, because I have Natalie's live reactions to this movie as well, and she was very excited <laughs> to see him in this again uh there you go this movie takes place on june 17th 1998 Uh, a lot of the scenes were edited and even cgi'd to make sure that the movie was not r-rated because this was pre-american pie and therefore pre r-rated teen movies so this is this is a lighter version than it could have been or than it would have been uh stoner guy and watermelon guy's conversation about velma being a hip hip lady is a nod to dazed and confused. Yes. Which I thought was absolutely fantastic. And again And that's
1: Eric Belfort, who went he's done a lot of great things. Super but famous, yeah. <laughs> Eric Belfort did a TV show called Hawaii. It was it, it sort of predated all of the stuff that turned into Hawaii 50. Yeah. It was an NBC, one series thing, and after that CBS picked it up, changed it to Hawaii 50, and Eric got screwed. But I met Eric a lot when he was out here filming. <laughs> boy he's a really nice cat
0: oh my gosh um, and charmed of
1: course everybody knows charmed. yeah
0: exactly charmed oh that's another good one we should we could do a whole podcast on, just on tv 90s tv shows uh we already mentioned that several of the characters were on buffy the vampire slayer uh ethan Embry's characters from this movie and from empire records are both in scenes that feature the the song Romeo and juliet by dire straits which the second it came on i was like once again need to download this entire album so good
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> didn't think about that.
0: Uh, speaking of Ethan's addiction to weed, Jennifer Love Hewitt didn't want to kiss him this entire movie because he smelled so strongly of weed. And she even gifted him a giant teddy bear filled with mints,
2: which is just <laughs>
0: fantastic. <laughs> just absolutely fantastic. Oh, God,
1: that's too good.
0: And then the last fun fact for this movie is that the entire cast was greenlit to completely trash this house for the final scene, which... I think makes it absolutely epic. And I, Doc, maybe you've been in this instance. I've I've been to many a house party, but I never had maybe this is Canadianism, but I never had the police burst in and the scatter of the, all of these movies. Did you have that experience in real oh, life? Oh, have
1: definitely had police scatter, but we would never wreck somebody's house like that. That I mean, yeah. dirty, yes. Uh Puking places you wish it didn't happen. Yes. Maybe the occasional, uh, what did they used to, what's the word? Tchotchke, the occasional yeah. tchotchke broken or something, but like trash in somebody's house. Nah, man, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have went over well. Um, and then we kind of got smart after seeing movies like animal house and things like that here, because I guess it's more accessible. We would take the house parties to hotels. So our famous thing was hotel parties and right down the street, there's what's known as discovery Bay. Mm -hmm. There used to be these hotels rooms where you could get there's upstairs and downstairs in the same hotel. So like you could literally have two parties in the same room because they were intended to be like vacation suites. And to this day when you, okay, if you're looking up vacation, right? say you and you know, kids and the husband you guys are come out you look at it and you're like holy shit, that's twelve you know hundred dollars a night comma on rate 300. <laughs> so we've <laughs> always had comma item rate. so you know or somebody worked at the hotel yeah. so we could always get hotels for super cheap so we stopped doing horse parties because of police and because of worrying about people's property we would just do them in hotels
0: oh my goodness yeah no never i never had a house party broken up by the police although but I have done hotel parties we did for my 18th birthday 18 is legal drinking age in Montreal um there was this really sketchy motel that was uh, on the drive from our apartment into downtown Montreal where we went to school and we would drive pi- by it all the time it was called uh Motel Raul motel I think it was bad <laughs> it was like bad. super creepy <laughs> like like literally like the sketchiest possible motel and every time we drove by it i was like we should totally rent rooms in this motel and just throw like a ridiculous birthday party we was like i'm in so so for my 18th birthday party we threw we rented two rooms side by side you had to pay for the rooms by the hour that's how classy this hotel was motel and uh and we had, we had an epic party but it was uh it was a lot of fun it's also why i don't drink tequila anymore i can't, <laughs> I can't so
1: you know um what's funny also super like rob reiner is Mm -hmm. famous for this um of course stan lee is famous for this i'm trying to think of a couple other ones that always write themselves into every part but it's so small that you go miss them like kaplan and elfin are both in the movie Um, kaplan is a grad student and like her part is like 10 seconds but i think it's funny when you know writer directors and they are the writer director team for this movie yeah. put themselves in the movie in like little weird spots uh, and
0: stanley <laughs> i was like so Stan to Lee stanley moment.
1: did it stanley did it better than anybody Anyone, else yeah.
2: yeah so
1: good um, yeah it's it's kind of funny you know going just thinking of all the different people that are in this and yeah. you know it is it is a good movie it's not the greatest but it's definitely one of those ones that it's a good, like, afternoon watch. It's also one of the ones that isn't ruined by the oh the TNT. Right. Yeah. So I can't, I get so irritated when I see a movie I like and it happens to be on TNT. Because <laughs> they have, cut out the dumbest stuff. I
0: have the some reverse sometimes experience. Sometimes this is
1: where. What did you say?
0: I have the reverse experience of that. I feel like I watched an insane amount of like ma- like movies that had been edited for TV, and so now my kids are little, and I'm like, oh, we should watch, you know, X Y Z movie, and I like I have a very different memory of the movie than what the actual movie was because I watched like the TV version of it, <laughs> and we'll start
1: watching it. And I'm like,
0: whoa, this is super inappropriate for. The,
1: oh, movie. that's super funny. Well, no, because it's it's I was, I did get a kick out when they're when they're really hilarious, but super left changes. Yeah. I crack up on those. Right to oh, this they, day, yeah,
0: replacements for swear words. Some of them are just, like oh, incredible. to
1: this day, I still say melon farming, right? You got to get these melon farming snakes off the melon farming plate. Like I still say that because it's, it's it was dumb funny. Right. <laughs> and then some of them are like, yo, we, it's just on cable. You don't have to cut out those network cable uses some of these words now just like stop that you know or where it gets so bad like certain times you'll turn the radio and there's a rap song and there's it sounds like the person has a bad signal because there's so many cutouts like the song almost disappears for a second yeah Yeah. why play this (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing this movie could totally play on tnt because it's not as bad like you said it was before the full r ratings
0: yep yeah,
1: I forgot how much a stink American Pie made with the RIAA or where the heck you call themselves yeah. the MPCG, we, whatever the heck they're. We called. will
0: definitely have to watch that one. And full disclosure, I've actually only seen that one in French. I watched it in what? French class. Our teacher, our like very Quebecois teacher, was like, "Today it's a special treat. We're gonna watch a movie." And he just put on American Pie and left, and we were all like, "What?" Like you can, this is not appropriate for, and so I've only ever seen it like awkwardly with a class of my high school friends in French what? and it was very weird. So
1: crazy, <laughs> I no, didn't know I, that. I, I will definitely have to uh, to check it out again. But I know we're wrapping
0: up, so I want to I want to play some of Nat's ridiculous live reactions. We can react
1: to her. Here's a few. Okay.
0: but As it was, Ethan Embry, like my absolute high school
2: crush. Effective. And I'm no Amanda, but... It was her
1: first day of school.
2: Ugh, Ethan (laughs) Embry. The hope of getting together with your crush in high school. And the only way you could figure out if that person liked you or... All through gossip. All through gossip. Were they single? Of course they weren't. How can you... Like, how do you get a chance? Well, house parties. House House parties. parties or a high school dance, it always had this sort of energy of being this magical moment where we're gonna get what we want. Or or something something good or amazing or epic will happen. Of course, it never did. Usually always the opposite. That this movie, yeah. Yeah. Opening sequence of can't hardly wait. Love it. The gossip. High school Doc Martens, which let me tell you, the first thing I bought oh, yeah. with an adult paycheck were Doc Martens because I could not afford those in the nineties, <laughs> yeah, but... but always coveted them. Still have my twelve holes, wear them all the time. Uh, the leopard print pants, no, let's let's just not bring that back. No, no. Fa- <laughs> Wait, so good. is that baby Carlisle? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Baby Carlisle. <laughs> I, I cannot handle the ridiculousness of it all. Oh, man. And then I just did, We just. For, sorry, listeners. If you were here hanging out with us on video, you got to enjoy the memes of the foreign exchange student going cheetah. Gina. he was just absolutely one of my favorite characters him and the klepto i just fantastic just down. oh my
1: fast. god it's so so crazy so here's what's what's nuts about this because you know when she was talking about the whole house parties yeah. i remember going to different house parties either just because we were bored and, you know, we would just try to crash all these different house parties or because one of the guys in the group, there's four of us. One of the guys in the group was trying to go just to get a sight at some girl that he was in love with. Yes, Right. And, and so here's why this came up during the uh, Supreme court trials of Brett Kavanaugh. It Sure did. (laughs) Yeah. He, he went to a rival school. Yeah. The party in question, my friend who is now a circuit judge, my friend George and I were like, yo, we were at that party. Oh, guaranteed. No. <laughs> because we hated his school. They're the all boys. They were all like D-bags. They all thought they were better than everybody. And we worked at a, a restaurant in the mall so the congressional kids as we call them it's called congressional heights it's in dc they would come across the maryland border to rockville and they would you know go to the stores or wherever whenever you're working and it was just super obnoxious like they were like the 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 mean girls whatever yeah super obnoxious and so back then when there when our school or closer schools around us weren't having any parties we would always crash the private school parties because they always had lots of beer and so we would just go so like i'm like dude i'm I'm telling you i know for a fact we were probably at that house that night and we probably got into a fight with those guys because they were they were just all oh i couldn't stand the kids citadel friends and uh Walt Whitman High School was another high school that was kind of right by where his school was. And they were the public school versus the private school and they couldn't stand each other. My yeah. best friend was a wrestler for Walt Whitman. So we used to always try to crash their parties. You know? So like, yeah, it was this. it's just kind of a it's kind of a trip when I watched him do anything because I didn't know who he was, but I I know that because I wrestled. I know that we wrestled against their school. Exactly. So, but like they were the kids, we didn't care about them. So like, I know I wrestled against them. He's in a much, you know, lower weight class than I would have been in. But yeah, it's just, so when when these movies bring me back to those times and to think, like I said, you know, somebody who was a nobody in school always got picked on. This dude sitting on the Supreme Court right now. (laughs) So, you you know, you never know. Don't, this is a lesson to your kids. Don't pick (laughs) on people in school. You never Freaking no. <laughs>
0: you never know. Yeah, exactly. Be be friends with everyone. <laughs> be Ethan Embry. Be Ethan Embry's character in this movie. All right. Correct. Well, we've gotten we've gotten to the to the to the Christian Tater. How many Christian taters would you give this movie, Doc?
1: Uh just general moviness, probably like a three. But I'll give it a three and a half because the comedy parts are just classic. Wow. They're just classic. It brought back so many memories, like like you know, even even when I said, like the Doc Martins, I still got my Doc Martins <laughs> to this very day. Like yeah, uh, it, it's well, brought back a lot of good memories.
0: You were you and I were Ooh, on the same like, page. I I didn't, I didn't quite have enough time to cut uh, my graphic in half, but I, I was back and forth between three and four, so I settled on a three, but I do agree with you. I think it probably is closer to a three and a half just because I like it gave me some feelings. It gave me some good feelings. It gave me some not so good feelings, but it definitely had like. Throughout the movie, it just brought me back and it, it got me so excited for like what is now a gigantic list of other movies I want to work through. So correct, it was a good takeoff oh
1: God. Yeah. We missed Trip McNeely. <laughs>
0: yeah, we
1: did. I forgot about that. We completely missed Trip McNeely. And the only reason why I thought of it because I'm looking at Christian Taylor and I'm like, he kinda looks like Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: does. Yeah. So for for those of you who have not seen this movie. Mike has a, uh, a moment of, of, of rational thought where Tripp McNeely comes out and explains to him that he's now in college and none of the, none of the women want to sleep with him. So it is not, uh, college girls are not just throwing themselves at him and it has not worked out the way he wanted. And, but he's so happy that Mike is still with Amanda because she's smoking hot and he should just stay with her forever. And it's his moment of, oh, crap. I've screwed this up and I need to take her back. And it does not work out because he tries to take her back and she does not want him back. And at that moment, she has already found the letter. She's found the letter and she knows there's someone else that loves her more. And she just like, just totally gives up. And we didn't talk about, which I, again, I think it's kind of an anticlimactic moment in this movie. Honestly, is the, is when they finally get to, See each other when she rushes to the bus station, and she has his letter, and he and he's like shocked that she's there, and we like find out that they, you know, they end up together and they stay together for years. They dragged that out too long. I just wanted her to read the
1: letter. again, they dragged that part out too long, and they're just sitting there like, you know, and I'm like, come on, dude, like, what are you doing? And so that was good tension, like, because if we're all, oh look, if you're yelling at the TV. Trust you, That's me. the true. director did that on purpose. That's true. Okay. And I know that from screenwriting classes and things, but like, I am cursing this dude out the whole time. Then the other part that was funny. And if you look at it again, not have to watch the movie, you just scroll to the end. He drops his bag on the floor. He runs back over. They stand there and they're making out. And then they cut back to supposedly they're still standing there hours later. Yo, his bag is gone.
0: <laughs> so the klepto has taken his bag somebody
1: somebody in huntington beach grabbed all his stuff and it's gone and oh, so, that yeah. was a
0: missed opportunity i feel like i feel like it would have been great if the klepto had just walked behind them and grabbed the bags see, and oh kept my walking God. Missed correct.
1: opportunity. correct the <laughs> klepto guy just comes by and just steals that that would have been more funny oh. or like you see the klepto guy like in a train but it's like, and then yeah, just, just take like, it off, you know, the shoulder, yeah. but fun fact, the train was going to Boston. It was, <laughs> so was I know it was, he a was on his way from Huntington, random Huntington. They don't specify which by oh, yeah. Florida Witch or hunting, California, yeah. Yeah. but he was on his way to Boston. And so, yeah, it, I think you're right. The part about never giving us the letter yeah. was probably intentional though. Yeah. Based on the fact that when and they probably did read it at some point, I feel Definitely like they cut, cut it, it yeah. and, and floored it because of the idea that they were gonna come back and pull out a sequel.
2: Yeah, I mean so the, yeah. the letter
1: would have been pivotal to the sequel. Yeah. And it just never panned out because all the rest of them kids got famous. And <laughs> so they was like, yeah. No, you your stupid movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. And in some ways, which again we didn't mention, but in some ways the what ended up being this like Awkward and horrible yet hilarious, you know, romantic interaction between Seth Green's character and the girl that he had ignored all the way through. Like, it that almost ended up being the like backstory and the the romance that I wanted the main character characters to have. One hundred percent. That
1: was good writing. Yeah, that is actually writing. part of the good writing. Yeah, and, and especially because. He is trying to be loved by everybody yep. and she doesn't care to be loved by anybody, yep. but both of them were projecting exactly the opposite of what they really wanted. Yep. And it turns out that that is what puts them at equality. Yep. I feel like there is an entire dichotomy in that alone yeah. of what pops off in today's world.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. There's there a
1: whole bunch of people hour. barking this stuff, but they don't really mean it. They really want this and a bunch of people barking this, and they really want that. And if you guys just talk to each other, you're in the exact same spot, but yeah. you're so busy, like trying to put on stuff that happened in high school, you know, yeah. put on the veneer and it's not really there. So yeah, there you go, there's your lesson for the day folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you nailed it. You were, as always, I mean, you are my co-host on my other show, on our other show. So it felt <laughs> like it was going to work itself out. But thank you so much for taking the time to hop on. Now now I'm like, well, we should have guests for every show. You should come back.
1: Man, I'm looking at all movie. of these movies now. Like, <laughs> what do I got to watch again? And like, am I going to be irritated now that I understand the world better? Movies <laughs> that were just good because they were good. Like, I went back and watched Airplane. Oh, and it's painful it now. But back painful. in the day, yeah. yo, yo. A dime bag and airplane was a party. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that one's good.
0: Funny. I know. And we're trying to decide and and everyone can write us in. So, or, you know, leave a comment here on the video or or send me a direct message. If you're a friend of mine, you're watching, but we're trying to figure out for next week, kind of want to do, I don't want to get too Valentine's Day-ish, but I am thinking. So Nat's favorite love story is The Labyrinth, <laughs> which is incredible. And I and we were trying to figure out should we do the labyrinth? Should we do Romeo and Juliet? What were some of our other we had a couple other different ones that we thought oh my were pretty god. epic. So
1: Um Romeo and Juliet, there's two oh, nice. two of the dopest ones. One is the John Lugonzamo version, right? Yeah, with Bob um Harmon. with yep. um Leo. Oh my god, what's her name from homeless? Not homeless. Claire Dane. Uh, homeland. Oh man. Yeah, Claire Dane. I said homeless. I mean homeland. <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's that one and then there's the finds one uh romeo in love no that's not what shakespeare it's called. in love shakespeare in love
0: these two are not the same these two are like romeo and juliet boslerman is like the actual romeo and juliet script but takes place in the 90s and is like brilliantly done Shakespeare in love has moments. I really enjoyed it, but it's okay. There's a Gwyneth Paltrow one. we will have to bring day nine and we can we can oh, see gosh. if we can identify Gwyneth Paltrow in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this actress? I'll uh, be too. Funny. Yeah,
1: Romeo, Romeo and Juliet would be a good one because that's I'm the quintessential. There were there were a
0: couple others, and now I can't remember which ones they were. Um, of course, I'll think of it the second we we pop off. Let me see if I can quickly, quickly find it. Was Romeo and Juliet? It was. It was also Labyrinth, I know, is one of them. Oh, it wasn't even. It was Labyrinth, She's All That, or Sleepless in Seattle.
1: Oh, come on now. She's All That is so good.
0: She's All That is Uh, pretty great. That's another one that I think, like, is competitive to this one and I think is a little bit better. Sleepless in Seattle was, like, my go-to. I, like, lived and breathed that movie (laughs) when it first came out. I loved that movie. But I haven't watched it in a while, so that would be a fun rewatch for me. We'll do all of these movies, so it doesn't really matter what people vote for. But but we're thinking about it for next week. So
1: oh, yo,
0: yeah, you'll have to. i have to write in, or I post it on Instagram. So I vote for your favorites on Instagram. Um, yeah.
1: Okay, so I got this one. I I can't wait to you guys do this. And at the time, I thought one of the most promising people because uh just he was just a, such a great actor and i just thought it was going to be the person who i would resonate with for a long time and unfortunately he got disappeared on us and that's heath ledger oh, and it's 10 things i hate about you i
0: love that movie yeah
1: such a great movie that was night's Tale is my is all-time movie. love story yeah. to me the reason why night's tale is my all-time love nice, story yeah. is the soundtrack bro yeah like,
0: see if the, the soundtrack matter. Yes, I totally agree. What year is that one? That that yeah, two thousand one. Like, uh that's that's in range. We can, we can do that one early two thousands.
1: that <laughs> yo that movie because of the soundtrack was one. Paul and Bettany what's her name? Uh, Shannon sosana Yep. Yo, incredible. I remember watching that movie first time. She went across the screen. I was like, pause, pause pause it's like yo you're at a theater you can't pause so i (laughs) i have what yo back then yo i used to watch that movie over and over and over again my roommate brendan would be like i'm gonna kill you if you have to look at this again (laughs) like this is just way too much and i'm like you're like that about heath ledger so it was like she was in love with heath ledger and i was in love with shannon and she kind of fell off the map after he died i think they might have been friends and that that probably took her out you know what i mean I don't really, I don't think she did a lot of stuff after that, but that movie is so. All good.
0: right, when we watch that movie, you will come back and hang out with All us because right. I don't really even have good. to watch
1: that one. I know that's on, I my, like heart.
0: I got that on my heart. <laughs> oh, Every single one. That is awesome. Such
1: a good movie. Well, oh my
0: god! Thanks so much for hanging out, Doc. Thanks for thank you who joined us live. If you want to catch us for our live recording, we are on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. You can find us at youtubecom the VHS Club. Um, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I usually get episodes out by Friday or Saturday. I, I should give myself a couple more days, but I'm just like so excited to get them out to everyone. <laughs> so they come out really quickly so you can catch this episode pretty soon. If you want to email us, we have a fancy new email address, the thevhsclubpod at gmail.com. You can just drop a comment on YouTube, or if you know us, you can send us a direct message or give us a call. We're more than happy to take all of your movie recommendations. But we have a pretty big list now, so I feel like we're, we're, we're getting there. We're going to have to keep up with our <laughs> with our big list. And Nat and I will be back again next week. The following week, we're going to have to either record on a different day or take Doc's advice and, and play uh, a backup episode because it's school vacation week. We'll be on location, <laughs> but we'll figure it all out uh, one way or guys, together. You guys need
1: a Discord server we so do. that we can just put the list so everybody can start doing their homework on all these movies they got to catch up on.
0: That's true. That's true. And if you want to be a guest, we I'm happy to have guests, multiple guests, or people can call in maybe and give their favorite quotes or movies. I It's more fun with friends. So yeah, like watching movies, it's always more fun with friends. So hopefully you're watching along with us. Let us know what your ratings are. Let us know if we got the ratings wrong. We're happy to hear. If you think it was five potatoes for this one, write in the us Five no, five potatoes. Doc and we I feel strongly friends. three and a half. We're <laughs> the three and a half potatoes for this one. Uh, well, thanks, Doc. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And we'll catch you next week.
1: Bye, everyone. All right. Please be, be kind. Rewind.
0: Please be kind. Rewind.